Welcome to episode 80 of My Circus, My Monkeys. In the past two episodes, we talked about ways for folks to prep if they're searching for a new job. But what if you have the opposite problem? What if you're a supervisor who doesn't want to lose any of your team? If that's you, stay tuned. You're listening to My Circus, My Monkeys, the podcast for supervisors in education or any field that emphasizes growth and development. If you want to reign in the chaos and transform your team to better serve your students and clients, keep listening. This podcast explores essential information on supervision, employee engagement, and using a strengths-based framework to empower you and your team. We'll examine the latest research in psychology, neuroscience, education, and beyond to help you and your team get to the next level with your host, Ann Brackett, the Chief Engagement Officer of Strengths University. Okay, so what's the opposite of a job search? A job stay! Okay, just kidding. That was stupid, but I think you're picking up what I'm putting down. Yes, in our field, There are times where it's natural for a team member to decide it's time to move on. We can't expect people to stay in an entry-level job forever. And to a certain extent, it's our job as a supervisor to prepare our team for those next steps. In those situations, people are generally open with their supervisor about their search. You may be bummed you'll be losing Betsy, but it's not a surprise. But sometimes the first you hear someone is leaving is when they give you that two-week notice. That's not a great situation to be in. Just this morning, I saw an article in the Chronicle titled, Right Now, Your Best Employees Are Eyeing the Exits. If you've had any time to listen to the news recently, you know we're in the midst of the great resignation or reshuffle or whatever you want to call it. People are exhausted from working insane hours for low pay especially when they feel like they aren't in a supportive environment. Maybe you've even been thinking about your exit. But even if you haven't, you need to be aware that folks, maybe your folks, are looking for other jobs, even if they haven't told you. When people suddenly leave, you're already behind looking for their replacement. That is, if you even get to replace them, with lower enrollments and budgets Sometimes you don't. And even if you do get to hire someone, it takes time to review and post that job description, comb through resumes, do the first round of interviews, maybe a second, invite people to campus, etc. Typically, you're looking at at least two months when things go well. But these days, I've heard from far too many people about job searches not going so well. Some jobs have to be reposted because they didn't get the type of candidate they were looking for. Other people get solid candidates, but they decline the position because the salary or other benefits isn't what they're looking for. It's a terrible place to be if you're the hiring manager who just needs a qualified person back in the office. Now, I'm not trying to scare you, but I want you to be aware that when team members leave, it's a problem for you, your team, and your students. Other people have to pick up the slack. If you get to hire someone, it can still be quite a while, even years, before that new person has the same knowledge, skill set, 
and productivity level as the person who left. All of this can negatively impact your team, your students, and you. The last thing you want is to find yourself in the position of unexpectedly losing a staff member. So what can you do from keeping to keep this from happening? Here's the thing. When people suddenly leave, it's usually because there's something wrong. You may have heard the saying, people don't leave jobs, they leave managers. Now, that's not the only reason people leave, but it's an important one. It's certainly the reason I left campus. So let's break that down. Gallup has found that direct supervisors account for 70% of variation in employee engagement. That means you have a huge impact on your team's engagement level. Now, you may be thinking, but I don't even have that much power or control where I work. Why would my impact be so high? That's a valid question. But think about your experience with your own supervisor. Sure, you know they can't control everything, but the impact they have on you is tremendous. They're the funnel through which you experience the rest of the organization. Their behavior and decisions impact you on a daily basis. Do they advocate for you? Do they deal with problems promptly? Do you feel like they support you both in doing your current job and in helping you grow as a professional? You may think, my supervisor is a good person and they're just doing the best they can. But at the end of the day, that does not make them a good supervisor, does it? That leads me to the second point I want to make about people leaving managers. No matter how well-intentioned you may be, if you don't get the right training and support to develop the skills and systems you need as a supervisor, there's a good chance you're not doing it right. Most supervisors do not get the training or support they need to be effective. It's just that simple. I'm sure you're doing your best. I'm sure you're doing some things well, but you don't know what you don't know. And that can mean the difference between team members wanting to stay in their jobs or leaving. And unfortunately, you don't always find that out until they've left. That's the bad news. But this episode is about improving employee retention, right? So let's jump into what you can do to keep those valuable employees right where they are, supporting your team, your organization, and your students. I mentioned that supervisors have a huge impact on employee engagement. We tend to focus on student engagement more so, but employee engagement is just as important. Actually, I'd argue it's more important because how engaged your employees are directly impacts student engagement. So what does this look like in practice? In a nutshell, engagement means how invested you are with your company or with your job. When you're not engaged where you work, you aren't as productive, creative, or positive. That means team members who aren't engaged aren't getting as much done. They aren't trying to find creative solutions to problems. They aren't making as much of an impact on students or your team. and they're having more negative encounters with the people in their path. I've already done a full episode on engagement, 
So be sure to go back and listen to episode 14 to get more details. But in short, you need to start focusing on employee engagement as much as you worry about student retention. Engaged employees help you retain students. Even if you don't feel empowered in your job overall, you have the ability to impact each employee's engagement level. The easiest place to start is with Gallup's Q12 engagement survey questions. It breaks down 12 areas that have the greatest impact on engagement. Again, I go over these in episode 14, so be sure to go back and check that out. Okay, let's move on to the second secret. As I mentioned earlier, supervisors rarely get the training or support they need to be successful. That is not your fault. When you first became a supervisor, you're probably surprised that no one explained how to actually do that. You might have tried to get support, but everyone was too busy, or perhaps more honestly, they didn't really know how to help. You've had to figure things out on your own. And again, I'm sure there are things that you are doing well, but now is the time to build on those pieces, on your success. The more you learn about what effective supervisors do, the better systems you can put into place to become more effective yourself. Yes, you are busy, but you're going to be even more busy if your folks leave, especially those high performers. Part of the reason you are so busy is because you haven't gotten training to help you prioritize, set up effective systems, delegate, and to assess what you and your team are doing now to make sure it's actually worth doing. Instead of just trying to keep your head above water, invest in the knowledge and skills you need to be more effective. Of course, there's still the problem of where to get this training. Honestly, there isn't a lot of great supervisor training out there. You want something that's backed by the research and that gives you practical tools to implement what you've learned. After all, learning something doesn't bring change. Acting on it does. I worked for years to find different resources that would help me be a better supervisor, but I had to put those pieces together myself and figure out how to get those pieces in place. That's why I recommend our trainings at Strengths University. We take a holistic and strengths-based approach, and we apply it to all the research I've done over the past three years. We use it in all of our programs and workshops. We do individual work as well as group workshops, but if you don't have the resources or support to do something with your whole team, I'd recommend the Supervisor Strengths Institute. It's an eight-week course that combines online asynchronous learning with group and individual support calls to keep you on track and make sure you're implementing what you're learning. We're currently enrolling for our summer session. You can find out more information at www.strengthsuniversity.org backslash Supervisor Strengths Institute. And if you're interested in doing individual work or work with your team, you can contact me at Ann, that's with an E, at strengthsuniversity.org. However, you need to get the training that you so badly need to make yourself more effective. And funds may be limited, which makes you tempted to use those funds on your employees. But think about what's going to make the biggest impact on them in the long run. 
Remember how much of an impact you have on those direct employees and their engagement. Okay, so the first two secrets may have left you feeling a little overwhelmed. I completely get that. Again, my preamble about how your people might be plotting to leave right now wasn't really intended to scare you, but rather to get your attention so you can start making meaningful changes that's going to positively impact them. But yes, they're going to take time and energy. The good news is this third thing is much less work for you, and it's going to give you energy. Although I am guessing it's going to be just as challenging for you. And that secret is more self-care. Now, I've done episodes on self-care before, and you may be thinking, I roll great. Another person talking about self-care. If I had time for self-care, I would. Maybe that's true. I mean, think back pre-pandemic or even pre-enrollment decline in higher ed. How much self-care did you do back then? My guess is maybe slightly more, but still not enough. And I don't think we're using the same definition of self-care. So first, I want you to think about self-care as anything that helps you be your best self. Sure, sometimes that could be a more stereotypical self-care act, like a massage, going running, doing yoga, taking a nap, but that's not all it is. If your talents are getting in your way, aka showing up as weaknesses and causing you stress and frustration, then investing in coaching or training is self-care. If you have trouble being assertive, which again is adding to your stress levels and negatively impacting your relationships, then taking the time to do some work on that is self-care. Second, I want you to stop thinking about self-care as an if-I-have-time activity. Self-care needs to be a priority. It needs to be a daily practice. Having a massage once a month is nice and better than nothing, but it's not helping you be your best self every day. And your best self isn't about being your best for other people. It's about being your best self for you. Others will inevitably benefit, but that's a side effect. So why is this so important? Now, I've said this in many other episodes, but when you're stressed, aka stuck in fight or flight, you are not your best self. In fact, it might even be the worst version of yourself. Fight or flight was meant to be a brief physiological reaction to a life or death situation. If a saber-toothed tiger jumped out of the conference room closet, your subconscious brain would immediately go, holy bleep, send those fight or flight hormones surging through your body and shift the blood flow from your viscera and your brain to your extremities so you could fight or flee. But after the tiger is gone, your body is supposed to reset. The blood is supposed to go back to your viscera, your gut, and your brain. The hormones like adrenaline and cortisol are supposed to go back to normal levels so we can go into rest and growth mode. But that's not what's happening for most of us. Instead, we're stuck in fight or flight, where all of our resources are focused on battling the thing that we think is a threat. That impacts our ability to make good long-term decisions. It impacts our relationships with others. It keeps us focused on things that seem important, but probably aren't. Growth. Both physical and professional are difficult, if not impossible. 
For you to be your best self, you have to get out of fight or flight, which means self-care. It's a necessity, not something that would be nice. And just like with spending that limited budget dollar on training for you seems selfish, creating space for self-care might seem selfish as well. But the opposite is true. Self-care puts you back in a mindset and a physiological space to be a better supervisor. Even if you get great training, if you're too stressed to absorb or implement it, nothing is going to change. Okay, so those are the three secrets to improving employee retention. If you want quality people to stay where they are, then you need to start focusing on the employee engagement, get research-based supervisor training so you can become a more effective supervisor, and you need to make self-care a daily practice so you can be your best self. FYI, if you're going to ACPA 22 in St. Louis, we're going to be presenting a session on refocusing on employee engagement, ensures team, student, and institutional success. It'll be Wednesday, March 9th at 9.45 a.m. We'll be in room 26-265-266. Our session has been officially endorsed by the Mid-Level Community of Practice. And as the title implies, we'll be going deeper on this idea of employee engagement. So join us if you can. And until next time, stay strong. Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkey. You can find this episode's transcript and links as well as other episodes on our website, www.strengthsuniversity.org slash mycircus. If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. As always, Alicia and I are here to support you as you reflect on where you are and where you want to go. One great way to invest in yourself and your team is to join us for the summer cohort of the Supervisor Strengths Institute. We are revamping the Institute this summer to make it even more manageable for your busy schedule. It is the same great content, but we've condensed it so you can work through each week's modules and start implementing change even faster. We know that life can too easily get in the way of you staying on track, so we've also added a bonus for everyone who completes all eight weeks of learning. You will get an additional 60 minutes of our time, and you can use that for more individual coaching, a short team session, or to receive a discount on a longer team workshop. Our Summer Institute starts on May 28th, Go ahead and register now. Check it off your list. We want you, your team, and your students to shine their brightest. And that starts with you. So join us for the Summer Institute using the link in the show notes. Or if you have questions about the Institute or other services, contact us at Anne, and that's A-N-N-E, at strengthsuniversity.org. Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkey. You can find this episode's transcript and links as well as other episodes on our website, 
www.strengthsuniversity.org slash mycircus. If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.